Welcome once again to this FilmNerds.com podcast series entitled Woody Allen in Black and White. I'm your host, Matt Scalisi, and with us once again is guest programmer Graham Flanagan. Welcome back, Graham. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, so we've now been through Allen's first two black and white films, um, both of which made a major impression on the film community at the time. And uh, now we're going to take a look at his third black and white film uh, from 1982, Zelig, which is uh, it's a pretty interesting movie conceptually, even if it's you know I think it's it's probably lumped in with his lighter works. Would you agree with that assessment, Graham? Oh, definitely, very much so. Um, just to, just to kind of sum up the movie, it's it's uh, Zelig is is kind of a, a fake fake documentary style movie. It's it's a format that Alan liked to use a lot, especially early in his career. Um, but this is actually one of the few times that he used that format um, after the release of Annie Hall. And this particular movie follows uh, a strange man by the name of Leonard Zelig, who has the ability to transform both his personality and his physical appearance to match the people around him uh, as sort of a human chameleon. And this is obviously uh, Alan's, you know, unique comedic way of exploring the neuroses of changing who you are to gain the approval of the people around you. Um, and I, you know, I remember seeing this movie for the first time. I thought it was pretty funny. Um, but you know, I think it, it raises the question, is it, is it a little bit of a one joke movie, Graham, since it, you know, we don't ever really get these sort of more in-depth scenes with the characters in the film since it's told from that sort of outsider's perspective. Uh, it, is this movie a little bit one note in focusing on, you know, Zelig and his ability to change his, his appearance? I don't think so at all. I mean, I, of course, uh, if you, if you read the synopsis of the movie, you might get that, that opinion. I mean, but once you, once you, the movie actually plays out, you get to learn, you learn why this character takes on these chameleon like, uh, characteristics it's because of his uh, own lack of self-esteem and 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 fear of not fitting in and desire to conform, which are, you know are themes and ideas that that you know want to, want to they prevent you from uh, saying that it's a light work. I mean, these are serious you know psychological issues that this movie deals with, and then the movie also deal, has a, there's a love story component where the the psychiatrist played by Mia Farrow actually begins to fall in love with her patient Zelig. And that's, you know, the fact that, a uh, an intellectually superior woman would, would fall in love with a man like this, with this kind of, um, disorder, quote unquote, adds a whole other layer of depth to it. So I think, you know, especially screening it again, it became, um, a much more emotional and in a lot of ways, sad story. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of, of the sort of more serious themes addressed in this movie that we that we see in other Allen films, but it does have that that more uh, that sort of silly edge to it sometimes. And I, I want to talk about where this movie falls in Allen's filmography, you know, because he was, you know, making Zelig. He's coming off a time where uh, at least at least sort of the mass 
audiences and the sort of mainstream critics were doubting him a little bit. They were getting a little annoyed with him for making these very introspective movies uh, like Stardust Memories, uh, like Interiors. And, you know, there, there was kind of a, there was kind of a, a calling for, for Alan to, to go back to making silly comedy. And I, do, I think maybe this is a way that Alan uh, w- was able to, to make a sort of mainstream comedy and yet still address some of those darker issues. What do you, what do you think about uh, that? Absolutely. I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, I just would not, it definitely, it is, it is, uh, much more comedic in a lot of ways than, than, uh, Manhattan and, and Stardust Memories. And, um, but I wouldn't go so far as to classify it as one of, uh, you know, as along the lines of one of his quote, early funny ones. Sure. And in, you know, outside of that, I want to talk about the production of this film a little bit because it's actually a kind of unique achievement as far as special effects go. Um, you know, Alan Alan sort of creates this look for the for the old newsreel footage of his character, uh, where he sort of injects himself into these old grainy photographs and old film clips, uh, and it was a pretty complicated process. Obviously, they didn't have you know, computer technology to be able to do this. So he and uh, and Gordon Willis, the director of photography, actually sort of went through the process of scratching up the film and, and uh, looking for old, you know, out-of-date film grades and stuff like that to, to sort of help get the, the look right to, to put Alan seamlessly into these older clips. Um, and this movie was, was definitely recognized by that. It got some Oscar nominations. Um, talk about the, the technical... Achievement of of Zelig, Graham. Well, I think Woody Allen obviously cares a lot about this period and respects the period in which it takes place, the twenties, and he wanted to make something authentic. You know, he wanted to make he wanted this to, to emulate and uh, imitate a kind of a, a PBS American Master style documentary that that combined contemporary interviews with. Uh, much older footage, and personally, you know, seeing this movie again lately, I've been, I've happened to have watched uh, some old, some Ken Burns documentaries, like the Ken Burns baseball documentary, and then uh, some Charlie Chaplin movies from around the same period. Mm-hmm. And I think that the the material that they actually cre- that they created for this movie, not not just the material where they inserted shots of Woody Allen into old footage, the stuff that they created. Is is uh, shot for shot, definitely you know uncanny as far as recreating the look of that period with that film, and I think that that cinematography Oscar is unique in that the cinematography category is is notorious for failing to recognize those that deserve to be recognized. That, you know that this was an original, uh, fun take on the craft of cinematography, and I, I think that it's it is amazing to to this day, uh, kind of predates uh, Forrest Gump. As far as um, recreating footage from a certain historical period, and really more impressive in a way because, like we said, there there was no computer technology to help them out, which I'm I'm pretty sure Zemeckis had the aid of that. But mm-hmm. and and you know it's it's kind of unique in that Alan Alan obviously has has had his bigger budgeted productions, but uh, he spent a lot of time on this movie, you know really trying to get this right and he hasn't done that often. I, th- I think he actually I think he actually had two other films released 
uh, or or at least shot in the in the time that it took him to finish the visual effects on Zelig. So, kind of a unique uh, installment in Alan's filmography, just in terms of uh, putting so much emphasis on special effects like that. Yeah, I would say other than other than uh, if if not, you know, yeah, I would say other than Purple Rose of Cairo, that this is his biggest special effects picture that he's ever done. Sure. And, and you know, and it's success, and it shows his uh, Woody Allen is not just a guy that makes movies about neurotic New Yorkers walking around on the Upper East Side. A lot of people, you know, when they spoof him, they will say that. But this and the aforementioned uh, Purple Rose of Cairo and a lot of other movies um, show that he is a lover of cinema at its, you know, the the, the purest form of cinema, which is just ima- putting imagination up on the screen. And uh, he should get more credit for that. Um, one other thing that's a little bit unique about this film um, that I want to talk about is this is Woody Allen's first film with Mia Farrow in it. And that's obviously important because uh, Farrow would eventually become the leading lady in very many Woody Allen films throughout the 80s and the early 90s. They would eventually get married, and of course that would have a uh, – th- their relationship just in general had a major effect on, on Allen's life and obviously on his, uh, his perspective that he would put on film. And this is a little bit of a bland role for her, but um, you know, I, I think I think it's possible that Alan just wasn't quite sure uh, how to best utilize her yet. What do you think about Mia Farrow's performance in this movie? Not at all. I think um, I think that there is a there is a great performance going on there. It's, it's a lot of it is in newsreels is is kind of hidden by or encased by uh, newsreel style footage, but. If you go back and watch it, she plays Dr. Eudora Fletcher, the psychiatrist who's obsessed with with figuring out what's wrong with Leonard Zelig and, and uh, correcting this problem and returning him to society. That you, you start to, especially there's a scene where, when, while under hypnosis, Leonard Zelig admits his physical attraction for Eudora Fletcher, and she's taken aback by this. Uh, her, she kind of lets her guard down. She's this serious doctor all along, and she lets her guard down, and kind of nervously fidgets around and looks at the camera, becomes very self-aware. That's just one example, I think, of of, uh, of why this performance should be taken seriously, and, and it's not one note. I think that, that her character undergoes an arc, and for that to happen, you know, in this, uh, under these circumstances, which is mostly newsreel footage, I think that's impressive as well, along with any technical achievement that the movie might have have accomplished you're right i mean it's it's actually you have a good point there in that you know it's it's a little bit like when we talk about uh you know these sort of modern day performances of shows like the office stuff that's the mockumentary style it's uh it's a little bit difficult for your performance to to shine through but definitely to be able to to uh pull off something like the scene you mentioned where uh you know she's sort of it's meant to be archival footage and she's uh, you know, acting out an emotional moment there, it's 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 uh, it's definitely more impressive than it comes off, you know, on a surface level, I guess. Yeah, definitely. All right, Graham. Well, that will uh, just about do it for this podcast. Uh, and join us for the next installment of the series where we will be discussing Broadway Danny Rose. 